Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, May 4th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And we had some solid winners last night, Coach, on DraftKings, after hours. We had an injury or two that, that took us down a little bit with P.J. Dozier. But uh, seven-game slate here on Tuesday. Are you ready for this challenge? Absolutely. And let me start off by saying, may the fourth be with you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are counting on the fourth to bring us forth this slate and just crush it after the tough. Yeah, that P.J. Dozier injury was gut-wrenching, to say the least. Just a, another five, six points. We're, we're all good. Yeah. You know, and three, you know, 356.6 isn't a bad number, but, uh, you know, when your guy gets hurt in the first quarter like that, that's tough. But, you know, that's DFS. You get good and bad, you get variance, and, and that's all part of it. But uh, we've got a, a nice, sharp seven game tonight. I think we're going to crush it. Absolutely. Let's bring forth the winners. We've got seven uh, games, seven teams involved in a back to back. We have one 230 total. One two forty total. Yeah. Of course, you get to call both of those games, but of course, of course. Um, and we have an interesting main slate at seven. The after hours, quote unquote, slate is at eight p.m. Eastern. It's a three-game slate on FanDuel, so we'll be building lineups for our members on both of those slates. But let's start with the main slate at seven o'clock. Yeah, and you got to explain to me why they wouldn't put that ten o'clock game in the after hours slate. Just to make, you know, blow people's minds. I've never seen that before. That's so weird. A little bit but quirky. Very quirky. Yes, the first game, and there's monster player news all over the board here. So the Suns, 46-18 and 18 at, the, at the Cavs, 21-43. and 43. Big spread here. Phoenix, 12-and-a-half uh, on the first night of a back-to-back. Uh, Cleveland is uh, 218 over-under in this game with Phoenix, and they're on a first night of a back-to-back. Big problem here, 25th and 23rd in pace. Very, uh, not not very pleasant for DFS players. Defensively, we know Phoenix is rock solid. They're sixth. Cleveland, uh, 23rd, uh, not the worst, but uh, not playing a great D. All kinds of news all over the board here. As we know, uh, Cleveland has just been rolling the, the wheel to see who plays, who sits, what's going on, but... Garland is out hurt. That's the big news here because it massively elevates Sexton. However, Sexton's got to face, you know, the slow pace, the teeth of the defense with Chris Paul uh, and and a big spread where it could blow out. Um, we also have uh, Hartenstein and Stevens out. Um, for Phoenix, Crowder and Nader remain out. Cameron Payne is questionable. So the key guys from Phoenix are in. Um, low total here, 218 with some really good games. The possibility of a blowout. And it just, you know, this game just reeks of danger. I do have to mention one thing that I, I'm still scratching my head. I've got to think there's a reason for it. But did you see that the Cavs signed Anderson Varejo? Varejao, yeah. Varejao? Yeah. Is that is that a so he can retire or is he really going to play? He's got to be forty years old. I know it's been a while. Yeah, blast from the past. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's either. Get you know maybe let him play a little bit here down the stretch and and finish out his career. Uh, but he probably 
you know, will help them lose a couple games if he's not in top shape. You can't figure that he is. I was in, I was so confused when I saw that. I thought, is this one of those gimmick deals where they sign him for a day and then he retires? Because, I mean, he didn't he play like with Ilgowskis on LeBron's almost like rookie year? I don't know if he went that far back, but it was a he long may time have, ago. Because he man. was definitely in that the the glory days uh, of the Cavaliers' run. Yeah, yeah, man. That I, I haven't had a chance to look it up because I was preparing, but I just wanted to throw that out there because it was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what is that? Bear, bear Chow, Bear, yeah, whatever. I, I, it is Bear Chow, not Bear Barejo, but uh, I had forgotten. It's I haven't said his name probably in what. 12 years <laughs> but uh anyway i th- i thought that was sort of comical but you know otherwise you know you have jared allen who's always you know a possibility but his price is high don't trust the kevin love minutes especially against tory craig defense just really a horrible game don't want to start my day off with this game uh and count on anybody doing much of anything and uh you know, it's a six-game slate for me, Andrew. I'm not. I'm just not interested. Yeah, mostly a, a one-off possibility for me at the most. Um, Aiton's pretty cheap for for that matchup. Tory Craig is the value play I like the most. Two of two of the last five games, he's given forty plus fantasy points, and he's in the three K range, and he's taking advantage of that starting opportunity with Crowder out. So yeah. I, I like his potential. If Cameron Payne sits, then Javon Carter is the guy who's benefiting off the bench. Got 20, 27 minutes last game. Did okay. He's cheap. Uh, he's playable. But, yeah, I'm looking at Torrey Craig there primarily. And then with Cleveland, it's probably going to be a pass for me. Uh, Sexton will certainly get a boost, like you said. And Osman is back in the mix, getting big opportunities with all those guys out. But it's a tough matchup for him across the board if he gets some bridges or Craig. Uh, and then you may see Dotson get some more minutes with Garland out, but I'm not not big on playing Damian Dotson. So Torrey Craig most likely here at the most, and then we move down the road. I don't I don't know. I think I'm locking in Varejo uh, <laughs> and all those all those old cab guys yeah, right. just for for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Charlotte and Detroit. Some younger players in this one. The other 7 o'clock game, Charlotte favored by 7 on the road, 216 total, back-to-back for Detroit. They sat uh, their key guys, Joseph, Grant, Plumley. So we'll see if they're back out there tonight. And then on the Charlotte side, we have Devontae Graham and Cody Martin out. So yeah. we've got some opportunities opened up there. Uh, these teams played recently. It was a bit of a dud, as expected, 107-94, Charlotte with the win. They're, you know, just pretty much average across the board, if not below average. Detroit, slow pace, slow offense, or inefficient offense. Everything else is about average. So not a great game to target, although the prices are pretty low on these Charlotte guys, you know, right around 7K and and even less for LaMelo, Rogier, and Bridges. Those are the three guys I'm looking at primarily. They were all solid in the matchup before. If Jeremy Grant plays, then I think that could make it tougher for Bridges, potentially, if he spends some time defending him. So I would lean a little bit more towards LaMelo and Rogier. Uh, LaMelo, they're both really cheap on FanDuel, 6200 yeah. and, and 6000 
I was surprised. So, yeah, they're, they're both in play for me. On the bench, uh, I think Malik Monk will have uh, probably a few more minutes with both of those guys out, Graham and Martin. He's a little bit cheaper on DraftKings, a little pricey on FanDuel. And then uh, we'll, we'll see about the, the starting center for Detroit. If Plumlee starts and Stewart backs him up, then I'm not going to consider Bismack Biombo. Uh, but if Stewart starts again, the backup center against Detroit has done really well the last couple games because it's Tyler Cook as the backup big. And, and Bismack played well against him two games ago. Uh, in, the, in the last game last night, Mobamba smashed against Cook. So th- there's a value play potential if Plumlee's uh, sitting again. But if he starts, I probably won't go there. And it'll be one of those key guards for Charlotte. And then on Detroit, the only guy I'm, I'm most likely interested in is Corey Joseph if he starts because he's in the uh, 4,900 on both sites. I uh, like the possibilities there. And I don't think I'm going to get involved with with anybody else with more guys in the mix. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'll I'll give my opinion on the Charlotte side. But the Detroit side, I I mean, they have four starters questionable. Ellington, Grant, Plumlee, and Joseph, who could all easily start. Not for sure, but uh, we just need to know who's in, who's out here, because... If if they're all in, uh, it becomes a you know ten man deep bench for Detroit, and I'm just not that interested. They don't want to win, so who the heck knows with that squad? But Charlotte does want to win. They're 31 and 33, and in the playoff fight, and I like the pricing. Uh, I'm definitely interested in Lamelo Ball and Terry Rozier. I could see lineups where I play both, but I certainly will have one or the other in uh, all the additional ones. Don't want to mess with the bigs. <clears throat> not a not a believer uh, in uh, you know the the three four five position mainly for Charlotte. Uh, just not enough uh, consistent output. And uh, the interior defense of Detroit's not bad, except for when they they get to Cook. But if Plumley plays and Stewart backs them up, Cook's going to get very few minutes. So uh, I'll wait for the news on Detroit to see if I add anybody there. And I'll be counting on that Charlotte backcourt to really step up tonight. Excellent. All right, game three. It is uh, also a 7.30 Eastern game, and this is the biggie. The the big fat 242 total and only a one-and-a-half point favorite for Milwaukee. It is the first night of a back-to-back for Milwaukee Island game for Brooklyn. Got to love these numbers, man. Everything adds up. Second and tenth in pace. 22nd for Brooklyn in defense. Milwaukee is ninth, but sort of going the wrong direction there. They were up to third for a while. And then uh, Brooklyn uh, just, you know, Chioza and Harden are the only two I have listed as out. I don't have any questionables. And then for Milwaukee, Teague is out. Portis is questionable. uh, And uh, that's really all. So they're going to have a lot of their main guys for this game, um, and the question is, where do you spend salary? I mean, you can you can go over budget just on this game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look at the price of of Irving, Durant, and Giannis alone. I mean, that's that breaks the bank. And then you know the next guys up aren't exactly giveaways in Middleton and Hol- Holiday. You got to spend up for them uh, as well. 
You know, it's this this one is going to be obviously a big difference maker. I'm I'm certainly going to have multiple exposure here, but I'm going to bite the bullet between Irving Durant and Giannis and only probably play one of them. And the reason being is I I have some other salary I want to use in these other games <clears throat> and I don't want to just be scraping the bottom of the barrel the rest of the way. But I think what I'll do is go with a buy up on one of these guys um, and then maybe a two of the more mid-level guys and, and see where, where that gets me. So, you know, who I'm considering right now is the possibility of uh, Durant as being the pay up guy. And I'm thinking of giving Holiday another shot. He really let me down the last game, finished very, very poorly in the fourth quarter, but He's been so consistent. Kyrie's defense is not good. So, you know, maybe a Durant, Holiday, Middleton kind of combination, which still gives you a lot of, uh, you know, punch for your dollar. But, <clears throat> you know, if I switch from Durant to uh, Giannis, which I doubt that I will, then instead of going Middleton, I'll probably go to a secondary guy with Brooklyn that's even cheaper, uh, possibly a Jeff Green who's getting – uh, monster minutes as well. So a complex game, a key game on the slate. And I think it, you know, you can, uh, you really can't afford to make a mistake with your pay up here. I would expect most people, I think, will pay up for either Duran or Irving and then Giannis on the other side. I think that's going to be a, a, a build that most people utilize to have some correlation there. I'm going to try to you know, back the foot off the pedal just a bit in this game, have good exposure, but not be all in and then scrambling the rest of the way. What do you think? I um, I don't think I want to put the pedal all the way to the metal here and uh, stack this one heavily because <clears throat> of those price tags that you mentioned. But I'm leaning towards probably two of those guys on FanDuel, maybe only one of them on DraftKings. Uh, okay. You know, Durant only 9300 over there. So yeah, that's I think a good he'll, price. he'll probably be locked in for me there. But I think you can fit Durant and Giannis both on FanDuel. So that's where I'm leaning right now. Okay. Um, no love it, for Kyrie? Nah, maybe not quite enough love for Kyrie at you know, almost 10, you know, 95, 9600. Drew's um, a tough defender, too. Yeah. I mean, we do also have Steph and. And Luca to, to choose from if we want to pay up. So quite a collection here of I need that studs. loan again for extra yeah, salary, right. please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm not as interested here in the uh, secondary guys. Nobody really jumping out at me. Shamit did pretty well off the bench in this matchup. Uh, he's still he's still pretty affordable. DeAndre Jordan on DraftKings at 3900 if he starts. Uh, I think there's a good chance he'll have another double double and yeah. pay that off. Um, but uh, not not really fired up about anybody else in particular. These guys these guys off the bench from Milwaukee, they're, they're tough because they're inconsistent. They, they're pretty consistent with their minutes, Forbes, Connaughton, P.J. Tucker, but Tucker's not really involved offensively. No. And then Forbes and Connaughton, you know, it can really go back and forth about who hits the threes and gets the open looks. So... You know, not not feeling great about those guys in cash. I'm with you. All right, let's move to the 8 o'clock games. Again, there are three of them for that after-hour slate on FanDuel that we'll be building lineups for and providing to our members. 
which what? doesn't include the after hours game at 10 right. o'clock. Exactly. So go figure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo and then the DraftKings coaches clipboard. Uh, so yep. jump in with us if you'd like, dfscoachtalk.com. Uh, thanks to all the new members here. We're having a great beginning of May and uh, yeah. we're going to finish this NBA season strong. You know, coach, we're down to like seven, seven, eight games for these teams. I can't believe it. And, uh, you know, I want the, I want the, I mean, I, I can't wait for the playoffs because then you really get um, full effort, full minutes. But yeah. I do like these opportunities for us with some of these backups, these young guys that we're, we're watching closely. I agree. Um, you know, I think this, we, it gives us a big edge. Yeah. It really does. Cause most people don't know what, what to do with those guys. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be a great finish. It takes a lot of homework, but man, it can pay off. Absolutely. So let's start the eight o'clock games with Dallas in Miami. Uh, your Mavericks are underdogs against your heat. Two yeah, of your, my two, your key two teams. My, favorite, my East and West favorite teams. There yeah. you go. Two fifteen and a half total. We have this slow pace from both teams. They played early in the season. How about this? Yeah. 93 to 83. Yeah. Cuz of those slow paces, Miami's great defense. Uh and interesting in that one that it was so low scoring, but Lucas still went for 27, 15 and 7 and Crazy. Butler, Butler and Iguodala were playing in that game. Uh, Iguodala didn't get big minutes, but uh, that's not too shabby for a 93-83 game. And he's been playing really well the last couple games. Coming off that ejection, you, you got to figure he'll be fired up. It's an island game for both teams. You know, if he gets one more tee, he's he's has to sit a game suspension. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but saying all that, he's he's not in my primary build here. Almost yeah. eleven thousand on both sites. Uh, even if he has a similar performance, that's only you know fifty five. It's, it's only about five x return. So I'd right. rather I'd rather spend up in that Brooklyn Milwaukee game, or maybe Curry in the next one. So I'm looking at primarily fading the the key guys here. Porzingis is doubtful. Not, not going to play him if he plays. Kleba is questionable. So we may get some more minutes for these these bigs like Powell and you know maybe even Bobon. Um, but I don't, I don't think I'll go there. Brunson is again, you know, the only value play that I have somewhat uh, faith in on on your Mavs. I mean, I like guys like DFS. He has the upside, but he's inconsistent. Uh, Richardson minutes haven't been great. Uh, we do have THJ available uh, after missing right. the last one, so that just crowds it even more. So probably Brunson or pass for Dallas with Miami. We do have Hero and Oladipo out, Iguodala questionable, so you could look at Nunn or Goran Dragic. Uh, they'll they'll get good minutes and lots of usage. Bam is a he's playable to me. Uh, he hasn't really shown the ceiling games in a while. You know, getting over fifty fantasy points, but it is a good matchup. Um, so he's he's playable to me, but. I'd rather go with a you know a Brunson or maybe a, a Nunn or, or Dragic as a cheaper play here. All right. Well, here here's a snippet for uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a complete fade on Luca. I don't like Luca tonight. I think Butler guards him, um, and I just I don't like the matchup. I don't like the pace. It just you know he's I don't think he gets to five x. So he's a complete fade for me everywhere. So 
if he busts out and goes berserk, you know, we can post this on Twitter with the Homer Simpson fading into the bushes. But <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say fade him. So I'm not playing any Mavericks at all. Don't like the the matchup for them here. And uh, I'm only playing one guy from the Miami Heat, but he's going to be in 100% of my lineups. He's going to be my favorite play on the slate. Hopefully we can pull that snippet as well. I think Bam is due for a breakout game. And if there's anything that can bring you to a breakout game, it's brought the likes of guys like Eubanks and Whiteside and Metu. And I could go on down the line for guys that have smashed the interior of Dallas that have no business even being on the court. So I think Bam gets good run here. It's an important game for uh, Miami as well. And Bam's in all my lineups, not considering anybody else from either side. And I feel real comfortable uh, you know, just doing the little bam, bam, smash here and moving on. I hope he pays off. There you go. That's a big endorsement. So he better. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. The final eight o'clock game on the slate is the Sacramento Kings at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this should be a fun one, too. Um, Sacramento somehow is favored by four and a half. You talk about two sad sack teams trying to get the number one pick. Um, they're favored by four and a half. It's, it's a two twenty-seven and a half over under first night of a back-to-back for Sacramento, uh, 27 and 37 and 21 and 44. So not banner years for either team, but the good news is you ready for this one, Andrew eighth and sixth in pace, Yep. 30th and 26th in defense. Love it. So we're, we're talking about box card numbers for, for DFS and this, this is my equal game to the obvious Brooklyn-Milwaukee game as far as finding the gems here to play that can really do well. <clears throat> and I think we'll have a better chance to do that because I, don't, I very seriously doubt Barnes plays. He's only listed uh, right now as doubtful. And we know Halliburton's out uh, probably for the rest of the year, I would think. I doubt they'll get him back in there for eight games when he had that. Do you see how he... That was really scary, awkward-looking, not good. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. And uh, Metu's also questionable. So they're a little light-handed there. And then uh, we already know Fox has been out for quite some time. On the Oklahoma side, uh, Oklahoma City side, uh, we've got Pokashevsky is questionable. But other than that, they've got their main, main dogs in there. So a couple of... Pointers I want to uh, bring out here. I think you're going to have a lot of false ownership for Marvin Bagley because he did so well. Another one in the list of big men that murdered Dallas inside. It was his best game of the year. I don't think he'll get enough minutes. He's not Walton's favorite guy, and I think he regresses from that late game. And I think it's a cool fade because I think he's going to uh, garner much too much membership Uh, or ownership from the people that are overreacting to that last game. Um, Who I do like here, though, is the guys have been pretty much given the the open reign, which is Buddy Heald. He's he's really uh, shooting the ball well. But here's here's the problem. Let me and and this is why, uh, you know, we have to make this decision. I think do you think Buddy Heald gets Lou Dort? Yes, I do, too. So that that's enough to uh, put Buddy on the skids here. But it does open it up for some other guys, uh, possibly 
um, on the Sacramento side. I mean, you've got some sneaky guys here, you know, in, in Rashawn Holmes, who's been quiet, hasn't done, you know, anything super flashy. And then, you know, you can look to some of the, the Sacramento bench guys, too, if you want to, you know, see, try to anticipate what the rotation is going like, to look like, even a Harkless or some of the guys that haven't played well. I think you're going to find some sneaky value in this game. Um, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm probably, when, when push comes to shove, unless Dort is somehow uh, ruled out, which that's happened a few times, He's sort of played every other game. But if he's in, I, I'll probably fade healed, but not, you know, my favorite thing to do. I think DeLon Wright's a decent play, though, too. Going against the rookie, you know, he there's really, they're down to their third point guard. I mean, it's and it's him. And, you know, he, he played well against Dallas. I know he wanted to stick it to them because they sort of gave up on him last year. But, I, you know, I don't think he's a false a false guy as far as his numbers. He's always put some stocks on the board. And, uh, you know, I really, I like him as a value play here. <clears throat> so I'll have a couple guys on the sack side for sure. This is the game I think Lou Dort pays off. Uh, he, he was disappointing in his last round a lot. And I do like him here if he's, again, if he's cleared to play and, and no minutes restrictions. He's certainly on my on my board. Uh also, uh, like Baisley, uh, he's been a big uh, guy for me all year. His price has gone up a little bit, but I like him. So I, I could easily see myself, Andrew, coming out of this game maybe with a, a right Holmes, Dort, Baisley kind of mixture. Uh, and then we need to see what that news is on Pokacheski because that changes the rotation uh, for Oklahoma City and opens things up for guys like Kenrich Williams Ty Jerome and a few of their guys off the bench. So uh, I like this game. I think it's going to get overlooked, but it is really a good DFS game that I'm excited to uh, get after it. And I feel like the ownership will be down a little bit. Yeah, I like this one as well. I think DeLon Wright will step up and, uh, I, you know, I, he's solid. He's talented. He's got size uh, to, to handle the show. Uh, so I like him. I agree. I I plan to fade healed because of Dort's defense. With the bigs, I'm a little bit different than you. I actually like Bagley, and okay. I'm kicking myself for not playing him the last game because two games ago when he came back, I saw a lot of that game. I thought he looked good. I thought he yeah. looked athletic and, and uh, in shape for being out for a while, and then I just didn't get around to playing him in that last game. Um, but if Barnes is out again... Uh, I think his minutes are safe. I think he'll get in the 30s. And uh, with the good pace here, good price, uh, I'll go back to Bagley. And I think he has a little better matchup than Holmes. Holmes has to deal with the length of Moses Brown, who hasn't been getting huge minutes. Maybe he'll no. get a little bit more. Um, and when he's out there, I think it'll be a little bit tougher sledding for Holmes to maneuver in the paint because of that length. And then you could also look at Terrence Davis off the bench as another guy who'll be in the key guard rotation here. He's even that cheap. could be that could be the guy off the bench that that could pop. Yeah, and, and almost no ownership. Yeah, even 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 cheaper than Delon Wright. Right. Yeah. So there's a, there's another guy I'm looking at with OKC. I like Dort here again as well, like you. 
You know, in that last game, he was four for 19 from the field against Phoenix. Yeah. So he couldn't hit anything. Let's just shoot 50% or better from the field. And yeah. it's. And who do you think's better defensively, Phoenix or Sacramento? <laughs> I know it's close. <laughs> it is a tough call. I just uh, don't know who to give the edge to. Exactly. Uh, so. Yeah, I like Dort here, and I agree with you with Pokashevsky as he's out. That just opens up minutes for these bench guys. And I enjoyed watching the, <clears throat> the trio off the bench here of Ty Jerome, Svi, and Gabriel Deck. And yeah. they are, they're certainly wanting to get a, get a look at those guys together as a unit. Uh, Deck obviously just signed and finally getting in, involved. And he's had two straight games with 25 fantasy points. And he's 0 for 6 on three-pointers. Wow. So if he hits a couple threes at his price tag, he's also interesting to me. And I, I'm with you. I like this game environment. Um, and so if Pokashevsky is out, then I'm also going to look at one of these OKC bench guys. Yeah, I, I think he can be a real differentiator for us as well. I'm with you. Excellent. All right, the game that doesn't exist really hardly at all. <laughs> well, no, we ha- we do have one other 8 o'clock game. Don't forget oh, about we do? Golden Did State miss- New Orleans. Oh, wow. I tried to skip a game you again. tried to skip a, a really nice... T- See, you oh, had this Lord. 235 total. It would have been yours, but now I have to, I mean, I I have to take it. I screwed it up. It. Yeah. So, My goodness. Rematch from last night. Golden State won by 15, and it is a 235 total here. New Orleans favored by three, and... You know, this is this is another really good game environment uh, on paper. Golden State, great pace. New Orleans, bad defense, uh, and that that was my concern last night was the just the difference in these defenses. Golden State seventh, and they showed up and did well. Lonzo was three for eighteen. Ingram didn't yeah. do much. Zion scored it well, thirty-two, but uh, you know, eight rebounds and not a whole lot else, so didn't didn't get to value, and. I'm looking at this game pretty similar. Uh, as far as it looks right now, we may have the same rotations. Ubre still out. Uh, Damian Lee and Pascal still doubtful. Steven Adams questionable again. If we get the same rotation, Steph is in play for me. Uh, Bazemore, I wish I'd played more of him yesterday. He was he was solid. You know, yeah. nice mid-tier option. Got got the stocks like he usually does. Draymond was was awesome with the triple double. Uh, Toscano Anderson was another solid option. Uh, with New Orleans, you know, the funny thing is, a couple of these prices are even higher than yesterday, like Lonzo. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't plan to go there. Hernan Gomez was just uh, sort of okay. Uh, you know, twenty five minutes, got got close to a double double, but didn't get any stocks. Um, so kind of a similar approach for me as. As yesterday, Steph, maybe get a little more exposure to Bazemore, depending on the, the roster construction. On FanDuel, I don't know if I'll go there because we've got Durant, we've got Dort, some other small forwards I like a little bit better. What's your take on this rematch? Yeah, I mean, this is the other payup guy that I have no problem just going right back to him, uh, and that's Curry. I mean, he he looked fine yesterday. I mean, I, I didn't see any of the injuries really creeping up. Um, from what I saw. So, I mean, it's hard not to go back to him. They really don't have an answer for him. And they, you know, Van Gundy really doesn't run doubles and stuff that much off of him. So, uh, or at him. So I, I think Curry's a solid uh, pay up guy. Uh, again, you know, with 
with the big bucks from the Brooklyn-Milwaukee game and then being able to save a few dollars on the Sacramento Thunder game, I think it, it just allows uh, allows the Curry uh, buy-up. So I'm with him uh, as also. Bazemore, I think, is definitely uh, playable again. I mean, he's just in his element right now. It's the same matchup, so no reason to, to really fade him. Uh, I love Toscano Anderson's hustle and the way he plays. I've, I'm also uh, thinking about putting him in there. Don't want to go three deep, so it may end up being either Bazemore or Toscano Anderson, depending on my build. Um, so I like those guys. On the Pelican side, you know, it's just they're not priced right. I mean, they stink, man. They never win. They I know they get some decent stats here and there. You know, I, I usually know when to push the button on Lonzo Ball and – I wanted to go back to, back to Lonzo, uh, but too many good point guards on the slate, and I don't like his price. I, I think he's was moved up price-wise prematurely, or maybe he was underpriced before. But um, And then, you know, Zion, I've seen this really steady uh, decrease in his periphery stats. He's getting less and less rebounds, not getting as many steals and blocks. He's just scoring the ball. And at his price, you know, you can't afford a guy that's mainly just scoring. Um, you know, I think Bays and some of the, the wings can bother. Uh, uh, who am I think? The, uh, Ingram? Ingram. Ingram, yeah. I think they can bother Ingram enough to uh, slow him down to not be able to bust his number. He's really expensive uh, also. And I don't know. The Pelicans just don't look. Uh, in sync to me, I think they're sort of giving up and uh, really don't want uh, any part of that. So, um, you know, it's only a two-point spread in New Orleans' favor by two, which is, I thought, very interesting because uh, Golden State certainly looked like the better team last night. And, uh, I, you know, hope this game stays where it needs to for Curry and, and whatever uh, other player I put in there from Golden State uh, to get enough run. But, it is tempting to want to play a Pelican to get a little bit of uh, correlation in this game. I just don't think the price for their three studs is worth it. And I certainly want no part of that, you know, Gomez-Jackson-Hayes mixture uh, at, at center. So probably, you know, just take a little bit of, of that Warriors uh, uh, ownership and then head down the road for the last game on the slate, which is... Toronto and the Clippers. It is definitely a late night sweat game, two hours later than the rest. It isn't on the after hours slate. It's going to, I guess, a single game uh, uh, for FanDuel. So it, it's, it's a little bit different, but it is, uh, it is an interesting game. We've got uh, Clippers by nine and a half and a 221 and a half total. Pace-wise, Toronto's 10th, Clippers are 26th. From the defensive side, 12th and 10th. So you got two decent defensive teams, which uh, definitely uh, isn't very conducive to big DFS points. Then you have two doubtful key guys for Toronto in Ananobi and Trent. So, you know, they're going to be a little bit shorthanded. And I guess Van Vliet is... Uh, is questionable as well or probable what do you have is probable yeah i think he'll probably play but we need to keep an eye on that because they've been benching guys late so 
if you're going to include him, you know, just make sure you have a secondary shift with only one late game. You don't want to get caught uh, with that spot. So maybe Van Bleet's not a bad play under the circumstances because he'll be lower owned, but don't have him just as your solo guy there and then get stuck if he doesn't play. Uh, plus, he'll probably garner Paul George defense uh, on top of that. Um, the you know, question is, is this game going to stay close enough? Um, I am tempted to look at either George or Kawhi here just because Ananobi's sitting out and he is their defensive stopper. So you can pay up for one of those guys if you'd like. Uh, but, you know, does the game stay close enough? Do they get a full run is the big question. Uh, I think they're certainly both, uh, you know, strong plays for 50 DFS points. I just don't feel like either one of them is in a position here for just a blow up, you know, break the slate 75, 80 point game. Uh, just the Clippers aren't really running their organization that way. They're, they're 21 games over 500. They're in a great spot. And I think they want to just keep everybody somewhat healthy and fresh for the playoffs. So it does deter you from them, you know, going all in with a guy and getting monster minutes. So, you know, it, it crushes the secondary guys like the Jacksons and Morrises and Zubatses when they're when Kawhi and George play. And then, you know, if you're not going to go there, it's hard to go with the other guys uh, either. So I'm not on the Clippers side. I do like a few Raptors. Uh, I'm not going to go back to Kyle Lowry, even though he's my hero of the week. He just absolutely crushed it uh, the night before last and, and brought home uh, a, a lot of the bacon. But if Van Vliet and Siakam are both out there with him, um, it definitely reduces uh, some of his his you know oomph. Uh, and then Siakam, I'm I'm not really going toward either because. Um, he's going to, he's going to get Kawhi defense more than likely. So, uh, you know, that's a bit of a concern. Uh, Birch, his price has come up, but he is getting monster run. Um, you know, uh, I read some, some coach speak, not coach speak. It was, it was, uh, beat writer stuff talking about, uh, Lowry wanting to get Birch paid and get him signed, you know, long-term for Toronto. He's a Canadian, you know, and that's his, that's where he wanted to go. He actually asked the Orlando front office to, if they could, to trade him to Toronto or let him go so he could sign in Toronto. And so they let him go, and, and that's where he went. So, I, you know, Birch is 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 uh, on my list. I think that you know, he's got the potential to to do well, more so on the sites that let you play, you know, two centers. Um, is is Birch? Do you know is Birch still? power forward on Fandle or did they switch him to center? center? Yeah, I thought they switched him. And yeah, that hurts a little bit. So, you know, more more so on DraftKings or, or Yahoo where you can play multiple centers. But, you know, I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to this game, uh, but I would like to have some. And if I do choose to go uh, Van Vliet, then it would be with a secondary guy that I can do a double, double switch. But... Uh, not really crazy about this game. I think there might be one or two guys, though, that can make a difference for you. Um, but interested to see your thoughts on it because this I think this is the toughest game to figure out on, on the card. Well, I'm with you on the Clippers guys, uh, Paul George and Kawhi. Uh, same sentiments there. Uh, 
don't really like the starters in this matchup uh, game environment for the Clippers. I, I kind of like looking at Rondo and Cousins, though, off the bench. Okay. Uh, Rondo has really picked it up in the last couple games. 30 yeah. minutes against Denver. Man and Kennard really had their minutes reduced. Uh, and I just don't see a good matchup against him off the bench for Toronto. These guys have been playing Hood, Bembry. Uh, so I just probably I, Malachi Flynn now. Yeah, I guess it'll be Flynn if 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 Van Vliet's out there. So, um, you know, at thirty six and thirty eight hundred, he's a value play you could look at. And Cousins has been playing well. He's expensive on Fanduel at fifty four hundred, but he's only thirty seven on DraftKings. So there's another yeah. one off you could look at. Uh, and with Toronto, I I do like Birch here. Um, yeah, I like playing centers against Zubats and company. Yeah. And uh, that I love that nugget, that extra nugget of Lowry, you know, wanting to get him get him paid, and he I has know. really looked good for Toronto. Oh, Isn't it amazing? You know, just the eye test, how a change of location, a change of uniform. I mean, he looks to me, he looks longer, faster, more athletic. Well, you know why? He's playing. He's playing for the money. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, look at what Moses Brown did for Oklahoma City for a couple of weeks. I think he had. He, I mean, did he have a twenty twenty game? If I'm not mistaken, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, and so he got. You know, since he signed that deal, I don't know if we've seen a double double, let alone a twenty twenty. Yeah, I want to mention one more thing before I forget. My gut tells me, and I could be dead wrong. I see no no report of it. But if with Ananobi sitting, if he does, I think Watanabe might get the the bigger minutes at that position, and he's flexible and can he could be a real sneaky uh, value play. Yeah, he's definitely got the talent. And I was looking at his numbers today. You know, his shooting numbers are really good. He's yeah. minimum, minimum price on both sites, and I'm surprised he hasn't had more twenty fantasy point nights. He always just seems to get you know fifteen to eighteen. Minutes and 15 to 18 fantasy points. I mean, he can get the stocks. He can shoot the three. He can fly. I mean, he's big. Yeah. So you would think he's a guy just looking to, to pop 27 fantasy points with zero you know, ownership. So could be a sneaky secret squirrel. We haven't said that in a long time. There you go. How about could, that? Could be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the group there. Um, yeah, very interesting dynamic here with it being two hours later and lower total and all the clippers key guys out there mixing it up but i think we can squeeze one one value play out of here to finish I'm things off you. i'd right. like to, it always always nice to have a, a late guy in there not that that's why you play him but it's nice not to have to just have your number set you know yeah we had a member ask about that recently uh do you want to target two guys in the last game on FanDuel was the question, and and to me it depends. I, I I think it can be beneficial, but to me it depends on the slate, depends on the game, depends on the news. So sometimes you may want it as an advantage if there is a question mark with a key guy, and you can set it up to take advantage of either scenario. He's in, he's out, and how that trickles trickles down. But obviously you have to plan it out if you're if you're you know, getting mixed, getting involved with somebody who has a question mark. Uh, but other times, you know, it's a dud game. You just fade it. And, and you know, you don't push to have somebody in the last game just to have somebody. 
Exactly right. And I, you know, I tell everybody all the time, I, I train my brain to look at the slate and just refuse to consider in my brain when the games are. But then it would be great if it was just like that. But then you have to do a secondary look once you've built that core because of what you said, you know, and the example's perfect today with Van Vliet. You know, yes, he's probably going to play, but, you you know, now you'd have to know that it's the single solo game at night because it determines, you know, whether you have to play a secondary price guy that you can flip to and all of those kind of things. So my advice always is, you know, look through the whole slate, prepare it, build it like it's all playing at the same time, and then react to any of the news that you need to. But, yeah. I mean, look at last night. Maybe maybe I forced P.J. Dozier in there and didn't need to. I didn't think about it that way. I thought he was a good play, and he could have been if he wouldn't have got hurt. But, man, you know, if I wouldn't have had him and just went ahead and played an earlier guy, uh, you know, it's, it's takedown city. So it can work both ways, but just don't let that be the determining factor unless you have to uh, flop somebody out. Yeah, another perfect example from last night was Taj Gibson, where— yeah. You know, I was eyeing him all day as a value play, but in my key lineups, I didn't have him on Fanduel because he was a power forward. I loved Sabonis, and I had uh, Wagner, and I had one other guy, oh Stewart, and so yeah. those were the three other guys I was looking at in power forward, and they all played earlier games, and the news broke he was going to start, and I couldn't pivot to him on Fanduel. He mm. was in every lineup of mine on DraftKings. Because it's a lot easier to shuffle things around. Right. Um, and so that's the thing you have to do is if you're targeting one of those guys, you have to figure out, can you plug him in as a placeholder and then pivot or not? And I you know, I, I, I was tempted to, but I just didn't want to pass up Sabonis and Stewart because uh, I felt good about those guys. So that's the sacrifice yeah. you have to make and, and how we, you know, you have to look ahead. And, and obviously we're doing that in our lineup. So again, jump in with us if you'd like to grab those lineups tonight, dfscoachtalk.com. Any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at dfscoachtalk. You can also follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. And if you don't mind, subscribe to the channel on YouTube if that's where you're watching and and you haven't already, or just give us a thumbs up wherever you're listening. We'd certainly appreciate that support. And we're going to continue to bring this to you seven days a week in front of the paywall. We'll be back tomorrow to break down the NBA. So we'll wrap it up here. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS. May the fourth be with you.